This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing why you're attracted to emotionally unavailable partners. Um, I think it's important to take a look at maybe your pattern over time of the kinds of people that you date or the kinds of people that you um, have married. If you've also um, been in a marriage at one point or been in a partnership with, and if you are finding that there's some emotional unavailability in all of these relationships or majority of them, I think it's really important to understand that relationships are like a mirror. So what we look for is also what we show another person. So if you are attracted to emotionally unavailable partners, it's because part of you um, or parts of you are emotionally unavailable. So let's take a look at why this can happen and then also how to heal it. Emotional, emotional unavailability is not the same thing as emotionally avoidant. Those who are avoidant have an avoidant attachment style. Those who are emotionally unavailable can have any type of insecure attachment style. So they can be anxious, avoidant, or disorganized. Um, and so I think that that's really important to, to realize. Um, for me personally in the past, um, I like to consider myself someone who is, um, you know, healing from anxious attachment and moving towards being securely attached. Um, and what I have found is the more that I have healed myself and become more securely attached, the less avoidant, emotionally unavailable um, men I attract. So generally they, they, they are people who may have a little bit of that leftover because they had an insecure attachment style or, you know, now I'm kind of getting to that place where I'm starting to attract much more secure partners. And I found myself not wanting to be in relationships that aren't quite right with someone who had a an insecure attachment style who wasn't really working on healing it and they brought up a lot a lot of emotional unavailability to the relationship. So I think that um it's important to realize that, you know, based upon each of our um, dating experiences, you know, past histories, um, our childhoods, those different kinds of things, we may have um, some arbitrary assumptions. But I think it's important to realize that there are a few causes for attracting very unavo- um, unavailable partners. And Three of those are the fear of rejection, the fear of commitment, which tend to be on either extreme end of the spectrum, um, but then also uh, fear of intimacy. So let's first dive into the fear of intimacy. And 
the fear of intimacy can really stem from several causes. Um, it can include certain childhood experiences, such as a history of abuse or neglect. And overcoming this, you know, can take, can take time, right? Um, but the, the fear of intimacy is really the fear of sharing a close emotional or physical relationship. For some people, it can be very much focused on like, um, the, the sexual side of things. Um, and sexual contact and closeness. But for a lot of us as well, it is simply an emotional closeness. We will get, we will get close. We will get to a certain level of closeness. But then, you know, um, there's kind of a, a point where we don't want to go any further because of our past histories, our childhoods, whatnot. You know, we, we want to protect ourselves. Something has happened in the past where we kind of get to a certain level of intimacy, but we're not willing to take it any further. And part of the um, the issue with relationships is that, you know, at some point, you know, you got to keep moving forward in intimacy, right? Becoming closer to the other person. And that can be really difficult for people who struggle with um, sharing their true self with another person, um, you know, really as it relates to the experience of closeness and connection. Um, and like I said, um, intimacy shows up on a lot of levels. So there's intellectual intimacy, the ability to share your thoughts and ideas with another person. There's emotional intimacy, the ability to share your innermost feelings with another person. There's sexual intimacy, you know, the ability to share yourself sexually. Um, there's experiential, the ability to share experiences with another person. And then there's spiritual intimacy, the ability to share your beliefs beyond yourself, like uh, belief in a higher power or individual connection to others in the world. And so again, what comes out of the fear of intimacy can really be um, the fear of abandonment, um, the fear of rejection, and um, definitely the, the fear of commitment. And what I have found is that all of these, these different fears, they don't discriminate among insecure attachment styles. Um, it can kind of vacillate between them at some point, uh, at some points in the relationship or, um, you know, through the dating process. But I think that they show up very frequently in people who um, are insecurely attached, but also those who are working on things. And I think it's important to realize that it is good to sometimes take time just for ourselves to step outside of relationships, um, especially if, if we find ourselves going towards emotionally unavailable partners, right? And, you know, do our inner work and work on ourselves Yet what I've also found is that 
most of my healing work has come by being in relationships. So being in a relationship with somebody who's also very aware of their own insecurities, where we can talk those things through. Um, I have had many instances um, the last couple years in my relationships where I've said, you know what, I'm feeling very triggered right now. I'm starting to kind of shut down. Um, I'm, some of these fears are popping back up for me, right? Like I, I'm getting close to those boundaries. That fear of intimacy is popping up. Um, perhaps the fear of commitment, but definitely the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection. And what happens is the more I am aware, the more I am aware of some of the um, those triggers, those things that that pop up for me, the more I can say to the other person, you know, I don't think that this has anything to do with you. I think that this has some things to this has something to do with me and some of the things that I'm still working on healing. And then taking note of those things. Um, that's definitely something that I constantly do, which is, ooh, ooh, I didn't react very well, or I felt like closing down. I felt like running. Um, I felt like pushing someone away, or I felt like getting really clingy um, because I needed something from them. And so I take a look at some of those deeper um, deeper kinds of issues and, and look at why did this happen? What triggered me? What things can I recall from my past experiences? And then how do I want to react in the future? Um, you know, am I able to kind of pause, let the other person know, you know, kind of what's triggered me, what's, what's kind of happening in this moment, you know, take some deep breaths, regulate my, my, um, nervous system, and then maybe be able to continue to proceed in the conversation, in the closeness of the relationship, instead of, you know, always needing to kind of push away. So let's talk a little bit about the fear of rejection or the fear of abandonment. And when a person has this kind of fear, um, they typically uh, needs to be in some stage of the relationship. It's usually during the honeymoon phase. So once the honeymoon phase is over and the relationship kind of settles into more of the the mundane, the predictable, um, I think especially for people with insecure attachment, this tends to start to feel like boredom because they've always needed some kind of emotional push and pull from the relationship in the past in order for it to kind of stay spicy. So what I have found is that the more secure I become, the more I realize that I don't need that kind of push and pull in the relationship. I don't need the emotional highs and lows. Um, but when we still have that fear of rejection or that fear of abandonment, uh, we can feel anxious or nervous, maybe a little paranoid that our partner is bored of us. Um, and it's common for us or, or for our partner at that point to maybe begin acting out a little bit, right? To create some of that friction, to create some of that push and pull in the relationship, to maybe test the person a little bit. 
Now, this is different than just um, feminine testing. I did a podcast on a podcast episode on feminine testing, and the feminine will continue to test the masculine, um, but it's it's not to stir things up in the relationship. It's to show him areas of the relationship where he could become better, uh, areas of himself where he can become better. So this is a little bit of a different, um, this is, you know, these are two uh, different kinds of things. And so again, a relationship where one person has maybe a very deep fear of rejection or abandonment, um, you know, they can really bring up some drama in the relationship as a way of challenging their partner, because what they really want is for their partner to invest more deeply into the relationship. Um, the problem, though, is that this pattern really backfires, um, because naturally the other person's going to become um, frustrated, right? And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're pushing on the relationship in a way that isn't isn't helpful. It's not, hey, sweetheart, like I, I see that, you know, um, you're not maybe living to your fullest. Um, here are some things, here are some thoughts, here are some ideas. This is that kind of um, pushing on the relationship. This is um, bringing up things to start an argument. And what happens is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because they fear rejection and they want their partner to then, you know, um, become closer or, um, you know, invest in the relationship deeper, they actually end up pushing their partner away, which is rejection, or the partner abandons them. Um, Sometimes it's physically, sometimes the partner will completely step away from the relationship. But a lot of times it's also just emotional abandonment. They'll just detach, the partner will detach from the person who's trying to get closer, but they're doing it in a way where they are stirring up issues, stirring up drama. Um, and really kind of on the flip side of that is, is also the fear of commitment. And when a fear of commitment is the overreaching theme, the relationship really has to stay fun. Um, this is the kind of relationship where there's a lot of limited emotional investment and doing things, um, such as investing time into like hobbies, parties, uh, friends, or superficial commitment replaces emotional intimacy. So in you feel like you're getting closer because you're doing a lot of things with the person. But in fact, they're actually doing these things, these external things, instead of deeply connecting with you on that more... Um, internal level. And so the emotional unavailability is held in the sidelines until it's time to level up the relationship. And as long as their partner allows them to remain emotionally uninvested, the relationship will stay very superficial. Um, There won't be the deep connection. There won't be the sense of belonging. Belonging. 
the sense of being a team of constantly moving the relationship forward to that next level of, of depth, really deepening the relationship. And so if one of the, you know, the partner who doesn't have the um, fear of commitment, if they want to grow, um, you know, to heal their own wounds or to invest in deeper commitment, the emotional unavailability is triggered in the other person. Um, Now, it is important to take a little note of a partner who may be more avoidant, have an avoidant attachment style. And they, at this point, may become indifferent, distant, shut down. Um, They may simply discard the relationship because maybe it's too much effort. Um, Typically, the pattern seen here is that they will discard one partner for what's on, you know, for, for often a downgrade, right? Something that allows them to remain emotionally stunted and further avoiding their emotional growth. And this is really where we can also see a lot of different layers um, and levels of both the masculine and the feminine. Um, so both the masculine and the feminine can operate at the lower levels, which are um, the superficial masculine or feminine, the wounded, the immature. Uh, then as, you know, either through age or through emotional development and growth, personal growth, self-mastery, they move to a more mature place um, into their more mature masculine or feminine Again, a lot of us can still have some of these fears, the fear of commitment, the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, um, and the fear of intimacy, but perhaps they lessen to some degree. So we are able to move forward in our relationships. Um, The patterns may still be there, but we may, I think the patterns lessen a little bit. Um, I think another pattern that can kind of continue to have that push-pull effect in all of these different fears is the avoidant anxious trap, right? Um, so that could be one avoidant partner and one anxious partner, or it could be one anxious or avoidant partner and a disorganized partner. And what I have really found is that you know, in my, in my own life, as I have worked on becoming more secure, um, I can, I choose partners that there might still be some of that, um, that anxious avoidant trap. Uh, my last partnership was one where it, it was, it was much lower than a relationship that I had previously. So I think that it's important to also see our growth through this process, right? Because it is difficult. And as we're moving from more of our wounded, immature state into our more mature state, and then as we move from being either the mature masculine or feminine into being the awakened masculine and feminine, we're still working on healing these different aspects of ourself, um, aspects from our past, from past relationships, past experiences, 
um, from our childhood and learning how to um, move through emotional um, unavailability. So again, the main reason we attract or are attracted to emotionally unavailable partners is because part of us is emotionally unavailable as well. Um, an emotionally connected partner is really not going to stick around an emotionally inept relationship. So someone who is emotionally available, and this is what I've begun finding in my own relationships. The last relationship I had, there was some emotional unavailability in both of us, and I was really working on mine. Um, being willing to, to connect, being willing to work through, um, and heal a lot of my wounds. Um, but at the time, my partner was not. And it was a relationship that I couldn't stay in anymore because I realized he was on a different growth journey and it was different from the growth journey that I was on. And at the time, those were not really kind of at the same, we, we weren't really walking the same path anymore. And so I think it's important that, especially, um, you know, in our relationships as men and women, when we move to that awakened stage, um, you know, for me as moving into my awakened feminine, I really began to understand that a man who was unable to meet my needs emotionally, psychologically, sexually, energetically, um, you know, physically, you know, with, uh, with time spent together, it's not a reflection of my worth or my value, but rather a reflection of the man's emotional capacity. So this is often a man who's not operating from his awakened place. Maybe he's still more in the mature masculine. Maybe he's still operating from the wounded masculine, um, his superficial or his immature state. And what I found is that the more that I've worked on my own wounds, I really understand, you know, my feminine really understands that, it's okay to step away from men who are on their own kind of emotional journey, right? Their own emotional healing journey. And I think that the awakened feminine really respects the process of the masculine's journey. Um, and I think that the masculine will really continue to repeat the same broken patterns of his father and his ancestors until he finds the strength to, to look directly at his own shadow. Um, those, those parts of himself, um, you know, the, the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of commitment, um, the fear of intimacy. Um, and when he takes responsibility for those, either no longer blaming the woman, um, no longer blaming, um, you know, others around him for his pain. Um, this is really his initiation and a major step he must take in order to unite his soul and claim his purpose.
um, what I found is that the wounded feminine will want to ease this pain, control or fix the masculine in order to receive validation. Um, but the awakened feminine respects this, this process, um, the journey that the masculine is on. And instead, she finds the courage to validate her own worth. And that's really her initiation. Um, and his initiation, like I said, is to unite his soul, claim his purpose, and hers is to have the courage to validate her own worth. In healthy relationships, we expect growth. Uh, when we are in healthy relationships, there is growth. Um, healthy relationships rise to the challenge of self-advocacy. They want a deeper emotional connection. And healthy relationships really want to, that each partner really wants to build a foundation that can last, that can go the distance where each person is capable of working on themselves, their own healing journey, but also we are able to do so with each other. Be very gentle as our partner is working through some things. Um, but I think the emotional unavailability in the relationship really comes from one partner wanting to do that and another partner not being at that place in their journey of self-healing, of self-mastery, of self-discovery. So when we find ourselves with a partner that we're, that we really notice is emotionally unavailable, um, I think it's important to realize that the biggest red flag for us to look for is within ourselves. And again, really what look at what's driving this pattern. So look at within ourselves you know, do I have some fear of intimacy? Am I willing to get to a certain point in my intimacy, my closeness with another person? And then is there kind of a, a fence or um, a blockage there? Is there something that's kind of holding me back from moving forward a little bit? And I, I am I seeking that out in somebody else? So I only have to get so close. And what I've noticed within myself is that sometimes these red flags are really not that obvious. They're little teeny tiny little things that you can kind of glance over very easily. They're not, the emotional unavailability in the relationship is not usually a blaring siren. It's usually this tiny little thing. And we really have to look at our patterns. You know, are we in the habit of dating partners who unconsciously remind us of a toxic or abandoning parent um, from our earliest childhood experiences? Uh, do they share similar traits, attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors as that toxic or abandoning parent? Um, is there a pattern of virtual relationships where there's a long streak of exes, you know, who are out of state or... Um, you know, someone that they've only been texting or, you know, that was actually a really big thing for me in my most unhealthy relationship. 
um, I went out to meet that partner or that person. He was never really a partner. And um, what I thought we had built via WhatsApp was really not that meaningful to him. And so for myself now, it's not that I won't, um, you know, just, just chat with someone or meet someone online or whatnot, but are they really interested in getting together, knowing who I am? Um, a lot of times if we are only interested in people who live states away um, or, you know, in a different country, whatnot, it can also be because there is some of this fear of intimacy. There is some emotional unavailability within ourselves. Um, by choosing partners who can't give us their full attention or commitment, we're allowing our relationships to stay emotionally safe, which means emotionally very disconnected. And I think the bottom line um, and a really important thing to remember is that emotional unavailability is attracted to emotional unavailability. Just as um, insecure, those who are insecurely attached are attracted to those who are insecurely attached. So the more we work on regulating our nervous system, the more we work on healing our inner child, healing our wounds, healing our attachment style, reparenting ourselves, the more that we will attract people who we actually want to be with and who can build an emotional connection with us and who will have less blockages on the way. Or they may have blockages, but they're able to work through them with us because they see that we are, they, that we respect them, that we love them, that we care about them, that we're, that we're really invested and committed in the relationship. Um, one of the other things to really keep in mind is that we choose partners that are also equally immature or mature, depending on how much work we have done on ourselves. So they can be emotionally unavailable, but that also usually has to do with something, has to do with some emotional immaturity. And again, emotional immaturity isn't always obvious or based on someone acting younger than their age. It can be an obvious red flag if they are, but I think it's important to realize that less subtle signs can include choosing a partner based on their emotional intensity. Are they, you know, volatile, exciting, unpredictable, reckless? Are they irresponsible or always have an excuse for their behavior? Do they um, minimize relationship problems or even live in toxic positivity? Everything is great. You know, how are they with their family relationships? Um, and so I think it's important to take a look at our relationships and uh, look at whether we choose partners that allow us or reinforce within us to remaining emotionally stunted. If they're emotionally immature, there's no threat in being required to emotionally grow in the relationship. If they aren't in tune, you know, 
if if the partner or the person that we're interested in isn't in tune with their own emotional needs, then they're not going to care about ours. Um, and again, this reinforces us remaining in emotionally unavailable relationships by exchanging emotional connection for physical connection or exchanging emotional connection for superficial hobbies or exchanging emotional connection um, for shallow investment. And again, um, as I've been talking a lot about underneath this kind of dynamic, there are core wounds that prevent us from taking responsibility for our choices, our patterns, our emotions, which keep us chasing emotionally immature or unavailable partners. And we really use them as an emotional band-aid. Um, and so again, the more that we dig into ourselves, the more that we're going to spot this, some of these uh, very, some of these wounds in others that maybe don't show up as, as blaring alarms, we're going to be able to spot those things a little sooner. So that instead of putting a lot of time and effort investing in somebody who is emotionally unavailable and who's never going to fully um, invest in us, um, someone who's never going to fully, um, you know, commit or, or go the distance with us in the relationship, I think it's important to really take a look at those wounds within ourselves and then we're we're more able and available to really consider what we actually need in the relationship. Um, then we're going to be able to really take a, a deeper dive into what we actually deserve versus what we feel we deserve. And I know for myself, as I continue to grow and to heal my own, um, you know, wounds and trauma and my own anxious attachment style is really to not settle for relationships that are less than what we really deserve. Um, and being in relationships that aren't quite right. I think that that's a big one for us as well, is that there are relationships that we're in that we're like, but it's not that bad. Like, it's really good most of the time. But when we have that feeling of, but it's not quite right, it's not quite right. We're still settling for something that's less than what our heart truly desires, what our soul truly needs. And therefore, you know, the unhappiness, the unfulfillment from the relationship, from our lives is only going to grow. Um, and again, we were a mirror to our partner. So that's only going to grow in them as well. And so again, by taking a look at some of the things that are holding us back, uh, areas where we are still emotionally a little bit unavailable, um, we're then able to heal some of those things. Now, even as we work on those things, either inside or outside of relationships, there most likely will come a point where you got to go all in. 
And you got to, I call it leaning into the relationship. Um, I know that for me in a lot of, in a lot of relationships, there is a little bit of that fear of abandonment. Um, you know, being a little bit emotionally abandoned by my mother as a child, um, not feeling fully connected to her. So when I have found secure relationships, I do get to that place. And now I'm talking to my partners, you know, or partner at that time, um, about kind of how I'm feeling at that moment. Okay. Um, I've been working on healing these things, but I'm kind of at this place now. I feel a little bit of a block. It doesn't have anything to do with you necessarily, especially if we are working on, you know, being in relationships with other people who are securely attached and people who are growing or healing their insecure attachment, but really being able to say, okay, so I'm going to do the opposite of what I did in the past. Um, I'm going to lean in and then see where that gets you. Um, that's definitely the stage where I'm at at this point. So um, I hope that that was helpful for you um, as to why you're attracted to emotionally unavailable partners, uh, things that you can do to continue to grow, um, to be able to let go of those partners who are only willing to go so far and are unwilling to emotionally invest in the relationship and, and really just let go of those kinds of relationships that aren't exactly what you want and what you deeply desire. And um, especially as we work through what we believe we deserve and creating, you know, taking those limiting beliefs and reframing them, reauthoring them into beliefs um, and stories that actually support us moving into um, emotionally available relationships, emotionally connected relationships, and deeply filling, fulfilling relationships. So if you are interested in continuing on your personal growth journey, um, please go to createlovefreedom.podia.com or also you can go to create love freedom um, at Instagram and click on the link in our bio. We are currently um, offering our members club. Um, it is a self-guided uh, tour. Uh, you get to, we, each month we have different um, topics that we introduce um, that help you on your self-healing um, and your self-mastery, self-discovery journey. And um, this month we are currently talking about attachment styles we are talking about um, disorganized and secure attachment. Uh, there's a workbook for you there and multiple different videos um, for you to uh, continue on your journey uh, so that you can um, really invite in and attract um, emotionally available partners. So check that out. And until next time. <laughs>